It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The one constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. All right, welcome into the program, everyone, for another week of Red Sox Beat here on CLNS Radio. This week, like every week, is brought to you by Casper, an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the price. Because everyone deserves a great night's sleep and get $50 off any mattress purchased by visiting casper.com backslash Celtics. And enter the promo code, which, of course, again, is Celtics, and you get that $50 off comfy mattress. And, of course, we love having them on as a sponsor. Uh, new week, new show. I'm back this week. Lauren is not here this week. We're just kind of flip-flopping seats. Um, Jess is here, though. Jess is the constant. Uh, Jess, what's going on? Don't worry. I'm always here. <laughs> gotta get my red flag, then. <laughs> right? Um, so we got a lot to talk about, Jess, this week, actually. A lot happened between you guys last show and this week. Um, before we get into anything, though, because I wasn't on last week, and obviously the big news last week was David Price. I just want to put my two cents out there. I'm not going to spend a whole segment on this because you guys did it last week. But yeah, we spent a half hour on it. So <laughs> Yeah, I don't think people need to hit listen for us to go on a half hour. But I do want to say my piece just because I want to. So you have to listen to it. Um, a quick reminder, he signed seven years, 217 mil, opt-out after three. Um, about a 31 mil a year for the first three, if that's what I think, remember. Um I like the deal, guys. It, here's the deal. And a, a lot of things I've heard are too much money. He's not good in the playoffs. You're all wrong. Not too much money because you see what Zach Granke got, uh, which was 6 in 205, something like that, 206. 206, yeah. 206, which is what, 34 a year? Yes. 35 a year? Yeah, yeah. So paying, you would have paid Zach Granke more, and that's not, that's not the right decision because Zach Granke is not as good as David Price. And David Price is also a lefty. He's proven himself in the AL. Zach Granke is not. And the playoff argument, people, we have to get to the playoffs before you can use that argument. I don't care about his playoff record because right now you need an ace, and he was the best on the market for a decent price nowadays. Obviously, it's a lot of money. We know that. And, yes, I know we screwed up Lester. I get that, too. But right now, for what the situation you had, Dave Dombrowski had no choice. And, obviously, he wanted David Price from day one, but he had no choice to spend that kind of money because Ben Sherrington screwed up and the ownership screwed up Lester last summer. We know that. But this is what they were dealt. And David Price was the best-case scenario, and now you have best-case scenario. So for me, I'm all for it. I love it. He's a great personality. He's great in the clubhouse, which is what we all love to see. He's already been meeting his teammates. He bowled with Mookie Betts yesterday, uh, Saturday, and he met up in Nashville. They put up um, Mookie Betts, obviously, we all know, is a world-class bowler. But uh, David Price put up a 210, though. I saw that, so that wasn't too shabby. Um, 
but yeah, like he wants to meet his teammates. He's a good teammate. And look, I expect nothing but the best from him. He's going to be a Cy Young candidate. And he's, I hope that he is fine in the playoffs. Because now with what they're doing, they look like they're a playoff team, Jess, on paper. Yeah, they totally do. And yeah, if, if anyone missed my thoughts uh, from last week, you know, me and Jared both wanted him. We talked about it in the show before. And obviously Dombrowski wanted him. You know, they, they gave him the most money. They were they, He was their guy. Yeah, Zach Greinke was the next option, which wouldn't have been bad, but obviously Dombrowski didn't want it to come to that, and he just wanted Price right away and would do anything to get him and offered him the extra money, and that's what got him. So, yeah, like you said, made the playoffs. Well, he didn't say this, but made the playoffs one time <laughs> one time in the last six years, and you, you know, like he, now, like he said, you got to get there. And the guy who got second in Cy Young has gotten 18 wins, 19 wins, 20 wins in seasons before. I mean, he was obviously the best pitcher out there. Like we said, we've heard he's a great teammate, and, you know, he's, it was the best thing to happen. Like you said, we messed up Lester, but for this situation right now with who we have and Dombrowski being at the helm, it made sense, and we got him. So I think it's definitely definitely a good move. I just, the only thing that me and Lauren were, were questioning was, you know, he he was probably going to sign with the, the uh, Cardinals, and then we offered them more, him more money, and then he took it here. Do you think that matters that, that – he almost went there, and then the money swayed him here. Do you think that matters? I think the thing is, I think it's a little bit of a red flag. Not as much of a red flag as his rubber duck comment, duck, duck in the water comment during the playoffs last year. Um, if you guys don't know what that comment is, he basically came out and someone asked him, like, how did you feel out there? He's like, yeah, I'm like a duck on water on the mound during the playoffs. Like, I look all common center, but my heart's going a mile a minute below. My, my legs are kicking underneath the water. Like, that scares me a little bit. But um, the, the, the whole situation with the Cardinals, it doesn't, it really doesn't bug me because – at that point, the Cardinals were the highest money. And then the Red Sox came in and changed their offer and gave him more money. I think he was going for the money the whole time. I really do. I believe that. And that's clearly why he's here. But I'm not thinking that he doesn't want to be here at all. Like, he knows the culture here. He's been, he's seen the way things are done here. And, yeah, he would have had a better chance to win, like, right away. But you also know that they probably told him what they were doing, what they were looking to do. And now on paper, the Red Sox are should be in the playoffs next year with what they've done. And we'll get into a little more as we move on with the show here, what they've done since last week. But there's nothing to believe, make him believe that they're not good enough to win, especially with him at the top of the rotation. Yeah, I mean, got a, got a good, good solid rotation now. You know, things could change here and there, but as it is, the rotation looks pretty solid. The bullpen looks fantastic, and we'll get to that in just a minute with the addition to the bullpen. And obviously the offense is is solid and was getting really good at the end of last season. So, I mean, no question they should be better than last year. Obviously we don't want to go ahead and just be like, yep, guaranteed playoffs, guaranteed World Series. Obviously not. You never know what can happen. But they sure look to be in a lot better shape than they were last year. Yeah, and okay, so now we don't have to talk about price anymore. That was a little tidbit. Um but with obviously with adding Price, you had an extra starter in the situation with six guys for five spots. Last we we had talked about it before that I thought that I know Jess and I talked about this off air because I wasn't on last week. How I thought that they should probably trade a starter or they probably will trade a starter just because they have a surplus. They're not going to use six guys for five spots. They're not going some. They're not going to put Joe Kelly in the bullpen as much as I would have wanted that to happen. They're not going to do that. Someone had to get traded. I looked at Joe Kelly and Wade Miley as the two options. They traded Wade Miley this week. It was Wade Miley and Jonathan Arrow to the Mariners for Carson Smith and Rowanis Elias. Is that how you say his last name? Elias? Yeah, uh, Elias or Elias. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not positive. One of the two. But um, obviously Carson Smith is the hall, is the big name in that deal. Which is He's a great reliever. Um, I don't have his numbers up in front of me. I don't know if you do, Jess. But 
he's a stud in the bullpen, and he's another great arm. So now you have four guys who are pretty good guys in the bullpen, solid guys. Um, and you could even push now. Tozawa looks like he's going to get pushed to the sixth with this situation because Carson Smith is a seven, eight, nine type guy. Yeah, it was a really good deal. Uh, Smith, I mean, he's a young guy. He's only 26. He's only been in the league for two years. and so it's hard, too. Oh, yeah, real hard. Nasty slider, too. But really, I mean, last year was his first full season. He pitched 70 games. Uh, and the big thing with him was that halfway through the season with the Mariners, he became the closer for them after Fernando Rodney was terrible. So second half of the season, he got 13 saves, a 231 ERA for the season, 92 strikeouts to only 22 walks, only two home runs allowed. He's he's very good, really nasty slider, hard fastball. You know, I think players fear him at this point because of how of how good he is and how much success he had, and he's so young. And like you said, he's not even going to have to pitch the eighth or the ninth because it's probably going to be either Smith, Trezawa in sixth or seventh, then Uihar in the eighth, and Kimbrel in the ninth. So there's not even going to be that much pressure on him. And now with those four guys, like you don't even need that much from the starter. No. Do you think? Um, and we'll talk about again the, the subtraction of Wade Miley in a second here. But do you think with Carson Smith being added, do you see Koji backing up to the seventh? Because obviously he's getting old. And I thought about this before we came on. He's obviously getting old. He benefits from some time off. Do you see that as a possibility, or are they set on Koji being the eighth? Obviously, Koji's not the ninth inning. Kimbrell is. But do we think that Koji even gets bumped back even further with the steal happening? I think he deserves to, to get the eighth for now. And I know that the team wants him to fish the eighth, at least at least to start. But, I mean, I wouldn't be at all surprised, and I don't think they would hesitate to make him and put him in the seventh inning if he is average or doesn't look as sharp or, or something in the early on. I mean, he's definitely deserves to pitch the eighth to this point, but they're going to have no problem throwing Smith into the eighth if, if Koji's not doing it. So I think they'll be flexible with it, but I think they'll definitely start him and give him at least like a month or so in the eighth and see how he does. Uh, Rowan Elias, he's lefty. Am I right or wrong about that? Yeah, I believe he is a lefty. And he's decent in the bullpen, so that's another arm. Yes, lefty. Two. Um, I expect him to be on the roster. I don't expect him to be traded. I, I, it's not, what are you going to get for him? And he probably won't go down. So I expect him to be in the bullpen as well. So now you have another lefty in the bullpen. I don't know what you're going to do about Craig Breslow, but this guy in Dabrowski is just turning over this bullpen within like a month of the offseason, and it's phenomenal. And to do it, you have to trade away Wade Miley and Jonathan Rowe. That's I think you won this deal, hands down won this deal. Because if you look at what Carson Smith's value is versus Wade Miley, I think Carson Smith is the better value in terms of what he does for a team, especially with the Red Sox. Um, and I would take – a row and Elias are kind of a toss-up to me because, I mean, a lot, I don't know much about Elias yet. He's, but it seems like he's – He's better than a row. I mean, he has more he yeah. has major league experience, and he's, you know, he's pitched a couple seasons and – you know, he started 29 games and 14 and 20 games last year. So he's been and he's been here for a couple of years. A, a row is just a minor league guy who fished a couple of months. So uh, yeah, again, a steal in terms of those two as well. Because if you look at Wade Miley, yes, Wade Miley is probably the most consistent pitcher they had last year on, in this rotation. But he's a, he's it wasn't average. like it was consistent. Yeah, it wasn't like it was a consistent All Star. It was a consistent mediocre guy, yep. which is what we expected him to be the whole year. And that's he was probably the only one in the rotation who actually did what we expected. Just consistent. Definitely. Yeah, all year. Yeah. And I'm okay with trading that because you got price in return, and now you have a stud bullpen guy with Carson Smith pitching the seventh inning. In, in most most situations, Smith would be an eight or nine type guy, and you have him in the seventh. Yeah, I think it's a great deal. I think it was definitely a steal. Yeah, I was a little hesitant to give up Miley because, 
you know, he's a lefty, and you always want lefties in the rotation, and he's consistent and reliable. But Price is a lefty, too, so that's helpful, and Elias is lefty. But Elias can also be a starter. He has been. So. Yeah, he has been a starter. So that's good to get him, too. You know, if, if we could have gotten rid of Miley or Kelly, I would have strictly, like, throwing hand, I would have said Kelly because he's less consistent, less reliable, and a righty. But he does have he does have a lot of potential. So I was cool with it, you know. I liked Miley, but consistently average. The fact that we got another lefty starter in the deal is fantastic, and then Carson Smith is better than anybody in the deal, so I think we gave up very little for the two of them. And, you know, if if we have starters injuries, like we said, Elias can start. I think Dombrowski said he's going to start in the bullpen, potentially AAA, possibly if there's not room, and he also could be a spot starter if we need him as well. So I think that was a great throw-in. I mean, he's it's not like he's a scrub. Like, he, you know, he's, yeah. he's pitched, so I think I think he really, really did well in this deal. Yeah, I do too. And back to Elias here for a second. Like you said, we all know what Smith's going to bring. But with Elias too, I, I, I believe he's Joe Kelly insurance. Because what if Joe Kelly comes in and craps the bed? Right. Like he did almost all of last year. Now that the games are going to start mattering again. What's going to happen when they actually matter? So I think big time he's Joe Kelly insurance. And then if Joe Kelly pitches well, you have a good guy out of the bullpen. And then obviously you don't know if Porcello is going to stay healthy. You don't know this, these questions. So it's nice to have a guy who can start, who will, is clearly willing to be in the bullpen. Well, I mean, he really has no choice. But, I mean, he's not going to go in there and complain. He's not going to go in there and stomp around and be a negative guy in the locker room. He, he seems like he's the type of guy who will come in and do his job whatever he's asked to do. Yeah, I think yeah, he's fifteen and twenty for his career, three ninety seven ERA. I mean that's a better ERA than Miley, a little slightly worse record, but the Mariners weren't good, so I think he's a consistent guy and, and he seems to stay healthy. So, you know, you got him, you got Henry Owens for for backup for guys like Kelly and Porcello, like you said. So I think I think we're pretty set for starters. I mean, I don't know if they're gonna do something else and I guess they could technically, but the rotation's looking pretty solid right now. I think the only thing they have left to do He's trade handling. <laughs> yeah, that's always hanging around. <laughs> and that's if that even happens. Right. Um, and I want to talk about that more a little later with uh, with Chris Davis stuff, too, so we'll talk about that later. But um, that's all he's got. That's really all that's left to do on the, the checklist for Dombrowski. I think he's pretty much set. Um, but that's what they said before they traded Wade Miley. So, yeah, like, I think we're, we're good. Actually, we're going to trade Wade Miley now. See <laughs> let's, get a good, let's get a good guy in Carson Smith to come over. Yeah, like, they're, they're never going to tell you everything. But um, yeah, I'm so excited about this. I mean... I was I was aware of what Smith was doing last year. I know a lot of people didn't know who he was, and if you're not like a baseball fanatic like us, you probably didn't know who he was because he's only pitched a couple of years and really only broke. Up Especially over here because he's on the West Coast, pitching on the West Coast. Right. So you only if you you know if you watch every game and you watch the Mariners game, you maybe saw him like one to three times last year, and that was it. And he might not even been a start uh, uh, closer for that time. So somebody that you don't know as much about, but I think as everyone did research and saw what he did and saw a little couple highlights of him, they were like, oh, okay, this guy's good. We'll take him. Yeah. So, really good deal. Can't argue there. Um, other big news I want to talk, we want to talk about, because this this guy was linked to the Red Sox for a little bit, and the bigger news is that we found that he, wants to come, he wanted to come to the Red Sox. Um, Johnny Cueto. And mind you, he still hasn't signed anywhere. It's crazy. Um, which is weird. Yeah. I don't know what he's waiting for, but really weird. Um the, the news broke after we signed Price, and it kind of lingered out that Johnny Cueto wanted to come to the Red Sox, and we were his top choice. He idolizes Pedro. He's a big fan of the organization, and he wanted to pitch here. I know that would have made that makes Lauren very happy to hear that, <laughs> but he's not coming here. So don't get me wrong. I would love to see them. If they could swing him and Price together, that would be awesome, <laughs> but I don't think they could support that. 
Um, How funny would that be if we got both of them after talking about which one of the two we wanted not not being able be, to get both? <laughs> they can't afford that, right? I'm, I don't think I, so. I'm assuming. Yeah, okay, I didn't think so either. You'd have to take a um, massive pay cut, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure they had they traded Miley only be, probably only because they couldn't afford price without getting rid of Miley. So, because um, they were, it was a, they were at like 25 million payroll after the after the uh, uh, what's it called price. after the price deal. Yeah. So they probably can't afford it. It'd be awesome. That'd be sweet. But I highly doubt it. If he wants to come uh, here bad enough. <laughs> yeah, right. If you really want to come, here, no Cueto, to come here, Cueto, come on, man. Come on down. You're the next contestant. On. Let's take a pay cut. Um, but yeah, so let's talk about this though for a second, Jess. Obviously, he's not coming here for the most part. 99% sure he's not coming here. Uh, unless the money's really good for us to give, get him here. But he really wanted to be here. Now he has all these teams, and why hasn't he signed yet? That's the big question for me. He's a top tier guy. He's the, obviously the top guy left. Why isn't he any? Why isn't he signed yet? Well, me and Lauren were going over this last week because, of course, he still hadn't signed last week because he still hasn't. And we were like, "What's the reason?" And now, wonder even more with a week later, the teams not want him. Is there something that we're not, that we don't know that's holding teams back from from wanting him? I know he turned down the the deal with the Diamondbacks, but now like. Is he getting a deal? Does anyone want him? Is he just like floating away into nothing? I, I don't get. I don't understand. I really don't get it. And I don't either because he's a good pitcher. It's not like he's a dud. Like he pitched well in the playoffs. He proved that he could pitch in the playoffs this past year, winning a ring with the World Series uh, champion Royals. They, there's no way they can afford him. I don't think he's going back there either. No. And, and so, he was like such a hot commodity. But- like you said, because of how he fished in the playoffs, and he was like the big guy. He's getting these shot-outs in the playoffs, and now he's just sitting there. Yeah, so I don't know what's going on with the situation. Um, and then the Cubs haven't looked at him. I haven't heard anything about the Cubs looking at him, and they signed Lackey over Cueto. Um, yep. They obviously turned back the Diamondbacks offer, and that was early, so he probably assumed he'd get an offer from someone else. Right. You know he was probably waiting for the Red Sox. <laughs> Um, and nothing's working out for him. <laughs> and that screwed him over because he waited for the Red Sox, and then they signed Price. Then Granky got signed. Then Samarja got signed. Then the Samarja got signed. Cueto's still out there. Like Jeff Samarja got signed before Cueto. He like was terrible Jeff Samarja went to the Giants before Cueto went. To, I, I wouldn't, wouldn't think the Giants would have called him. Like, 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 what is going on with this? And you're right, Jess. There has to be something we're not seeing. Right. Behind the scenes, something, something these teams are worried about, which is crazy because on the surface, obviously we know on the surface isn't the whole story, but on the surface – Pitches well in the playoffs. He's a big game guy, and he's proven, and he has a ring. Like, why would anyone want him? I know, and to think that—I mean, me and Lauren talked about this last week too. Justin Marja last year, eleven and thirteen with a four ninety six ERA. Yet he got a five year, ninety million dollar contract from the Giants and signed before Cueto. Like, wait, what? Justin Marja is not even good anymore. Really, he's never been that good for the most most of his career. And yeah. now Cueto's still sitting here. I'm—I mean, I'm reading. Here that the Dodgers are joining the fray for Cueto. Well, they have to because they lost Granky. So like, right? So, so maybe maybe them. I don't. It's no one seems to know, and there's just like not much out there. Yeah, there, it's because all the pitching vacations, vacancies have been picked up. So Marge go, goes. Giants need the pitcher. The Cubs got Lackey, which is I think is a great pickup for them because Lackey was great last year, and now he gets to go play with Lester. But like. What like what's going on? And and like I said, we can't talk about it too much because we really don't know. But the fa- I think it's great the fact that he wanted to come here and he still got stonewalled. Well, yeah, now it's just awkward because every article you read about him at the moment is about how he wanted to come here. <laughs> yeah, and it didn't happen. So what's his mindset now? 
What right. what do you think he's thinking? Because he's thought, oh, well, the Red Sox probably aren't going to get. He's probably thinking and said, well, they might not get Price. I'd like to go to the Red Sox, and he probably thought he'd come here. And then now it's, oh, I can't go to the Red Sox. I haven't got phone, I haven't gotten that many phone calls. What am I going to play next year? What's right, going I on? I turned down the Diamondbacks. Like, what am I doing to myself here? Yeah, yeah, it's it's weird. And now now that his agent did say that about coming here, it just makes it weirder because now it just seems like that's the only place he wanted to go. Yeah, so do people want him? I just. It's weird. I'll be interested to see if he's still still out there by the time we do the next show. <laughs> yeah, it's really weird. I think he will be. I don't. I don't know, but I, I think he will be. Um, the thing is, too, is we'll move to Granky. Granky gets a six-year, two hundred six million dollars from the Diamondbacks, the team that Quato turned down. Um, I don't know why he's going to Diamondbacks. I I don't know. Diamondbacks aren't a good destination to me. But him the best the best deal. Yeah. He's getting paid. Cranky's getting paid thirty-four million a year over six years. Um, another team almost swooped in, if I remember that correctly. Um, probably the Dodgers. Yeah, was, the Dodgers should have kept him in the first place. Yeah, somebody asked him like about the deal, and and they said like, "Oh, did the did the Dodgers almost sign you?" And apparently he smiled. So they're taken off from the smile that he was nearly agreeing to a deal with the Dodgers, and then at the last minute, the Diamondbacks came in and. Decided to sign him. It was a quote from the Diamonds general manager, Dave Stewart, uh, at Granke's news conference to be introduced. And he said, I'm glad we were a minute too, so- too soon than a minute too late. So clearly it was down to the last second, and he was probably going to go to the Dodgers, and then the Diamondbacks gave him a better deal. And then he was like, oh, cool. I'll go there. Yeah. So they just missed out on him. So. Um, what does Granke mean for the Diamondbacks? Is that just him going to waste away in Arizona? They don't really think they have a good enough team to compete even with him. Well, I mean, they were a couple. They were like four games under 500 last year, so I mean, they're they're knocking around the door. I don't. I mean, it almost kind of seems like he's going there to just like not be in the spotlight. But he definitely can make them better, and maybe they can squeak into the playoffs, possibly. Well, that's a success for him if he didn't want to be in the spotlight. Yeah. No one cares about Arizona. I know, which is just weird. Everyone, you know, we, he almost came to the Red Sox. If we didn't get Price, we were getting Grinky, which we didn't expect on this show. But that's what, what it came out is what happened. And then he goes from almost being in the Red Sox to almost being at the Dodgers to being with the Diamondbacks. It's kind of like he was just like, eh, whatever. I'll just go to Arizona. You guys think they gave him more money. Right. Um, Like six years and two. That's more money than David Price Yeah, had. I know. So you got you, you got to think that partially he wanted to be out of the spotlight all along, but partially he said, "Well, if I'm not going to go to Boston, I don't want to go back to L.A. So let's just go to Diamondbacks." Yeah. Oh, here's a quote from him, Grinky, about Arizona. He said, "Quote: I was just thinking, like, man, they had something going on there. Just need a couple things. It could be good as anybody." All right, Zach. <laughs> okay, Zach. Yeah. You you do that. You have fun in Arizona. We'll see. Uh, we'll we'll give you the golf clubs early next year. Doesn't sound like he's too sure about uh, what's going to happen there. So. <laughs> no, but again, he's out of the spotlight. Yep, which is big. Yeah, for him. So that was very strange, but and interesting to hear that the Dodgers almost got him. But money, 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 money. It's all we talked about last week, and it continues to be what happens. You get the biggest contract, you go there. Do you think that him? Okay, real quick. Do you think that him going not going to the Dodgers was a thing with the new manager? Because obviously Dave Roberts was hired there, hired, uh, yeah. and he's not playing for Mattingly. Do you think that that is a big deal to him? It might be, just not wanting to start or renew with with somebody else with the same organization. I could see that, but it's probably more the money and being out of the spotlight. Probably, I could see. Yeah, because I could see it, it being a little bit of that though. Yeah. Just, Speaking like, of the Dodgers, what's going on with Yasiel Puig? <laughs> yeah, I forgot about him. 
<laughs> Talks that they want to try. They're shopping him now. Like I've been saying it from the start. This guy's a head case and a total mess, and I want him nowhere near anywhere close to anywhere that could be close to here. <laughs> I'd take him. I'd still. Do I it. don't know why he's such. He's so. Okay, he's the worst. Like people are saying, he's the worst player, like the worst teammate ever, like the worst person ever. Why would you want that on our team? It's Hanley Ramirez, except worse. Yeah, but he's actually good. I don't care if he's good or not. Hanley's not. Good. I don't want attitude people, no matter how good they are. I just don't. And if he's so and if he's as bad as people think he is, then absolutely forget it. Part of me thinks it's just a change of scenery. I think he's done in L.A. I think he's. I, I don't know if it's, I don't want to say he'd fit in here because he doesn't really fit in anywhere. No. But. I would say it'd be worth it, but I don't know. It's not going to happen, but um, I would do it. But yeah, that's crazy. That's what's going on over there. Um, but I, I, for the Dodgers, it would probably be addition from by subtraction. Yeah. And here's the quote: former teammate on Yasiel Puig. Quote: He is the worst person I've ever seen in this game ever. <laughs> Just ever. That's about as bad as it gets. <laughs> and the thing is, too, like you have to think again with the new manager theme here. Don Mattingly probably figured out a way to handle. Him. You know, like figure he was a veteran manager right. with a guy who has a head case. He's probably figured out a way to take care of him. Who says Dave Roberts can do that? Right. If he literally is the worst person to ever, I don't. There's probably not a lot of people who could handle that. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Especially a new manager who's getting a shot, who's young, and you know, the, I don't know. Probably a disaster. So yeah. Hopefully for their sake, he gets the heck out of there. <laughs> I, I think. It, I, but the thing is, and if he gets out of there, who takes him? Someone will fly. Someone will take him. Yeah. Just hope it's not us. Just because he's he's too good to pass up on for a lot of teams. For a lot of teams, he's just no one's gonna look at that and go, well, no. A lot of people are gonna look at that and go, well, we could use him. You know, our team we need a way to put feet, uh, fans in the, uh, fans in the seats. You know, and it's just like, who knows? I wouldn't want. Him. I mean, I would, but after a month, I'd probably go, yeah, I'm done with him. You'd be like Hanley, you'd be like, yay, and then you'd be like, all right, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, pro- probably to be completely honest. And I mean, um, yeah. honestly. The thing is, too, with Hanley, real quick, we probably would have been very high on him all year if he didn't get hurt and kept hitting. Yeah, probably so. Because he was hitting, like, crazy the first month of the year. Yeah, I think, and then he ran to the wall. I think Puig's worse than Hanley, definitely. As a person? Yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Also injury-prone, too. I mean, just like Hanley. That's true. We only played 79 games last year and pretty much did nothing and kept getting hurt over... I think he had, like, three different injuries. So, he's only... I mean, he's been in the league three years, and... The first season, he played 104 games. Last year, 79. His middle season, 148. So he's really only had one full season. 296, 16 homers, 69 RBI. He's not, he's not that good. I mean, I know he's only 25, no. but not worth it. Absolutely not. All right, let's. I want to bring this up quick. We don't have to spend a lot of time on this because it's just ridiculous. But we have to talk about. Oh, it I want to spend a lot of time. No. <laughs> um, if you guys didn't see this, the Miami Marlins put a package together for the Red Sox for what they wanted for Jose Fernandez. And I believe this was just, like, just we were just going to get Jose Fernandez, nothing else in this That's season. what it seemed like. It seemed like that was it. And they wanted, and I'm not kidding here, people, this is real. They wanted Mookie Betts, Eduardo Rodriguez, Christian Vasquez, Yuan Moncada, and another pitcher. Probably either Brian Johnson or Henry Owens. Just for Jose, Jose Fernandez. <laughs> like, I, I die when I see something that stupid. I wouldn't even give, take. I wouldn't trade Mookie Betts for Jose Fernandez alone. Never mind putting Eduardo Rodriguez, Christian Vasquez, Yoan Mancada, who's supposed to be this great thing and is probably our top prospect, and another pitcher on top of that just for Jose Fernandez. I know. I saw this and I was like, 
Excuse me? And this was a legit thing, too. This was a real thing. This wasn't fake. Yeah. Like, like they thought that we'd actually, like, go for it. Like, really? Okay. I could see bets for Fernandez straight up. And, like you said, I still wouldn't do it. Still wouldn't do that. I could see Rodriguez and Vasquez for Fernandez. That what I'd consider doing. I could see maybe Moncada and. Like Henry Owens. Owens. Oh, I still yeah, there's do. like three different deals within this one offer. Right. And they want all five of those guys. For one guy who has been injury-prone for two of the three years that he's been in the league, yes, he's fantastic. Yes, he's a really good pitcher. But he pitched, He started eight games in 2014 and 11 games last year. Why the heck yep. would you risk it, a guy who gets hurt all the time, for five players who are really good? That is absolutely nuts. The one thing I, I think the one trade I would do for that, the best situation is involving these players would probably be Erod and Vasquez for Jose Fernandez. I think that's fair. Yeah. I think that's a good deal. You get the Marlins get a young guy who's a lefty who could be a top of the rotation guy with a catcher who's really good at calling a game for a guy who's probably number one in most teams. Yeah, that would probably be the best deal. But between Fernandez's injury history and I think the Rodriguez could be really, really, really good. And who knows? Maybe you know. Maybe by the end of it, depending on how good Fernandez does, he could probably be almost as good as Fernandez. And then throw Vasquez yeah. in there, too, who could be one of the best defensive catchers in the league. It's probably still having a good deal even at that. It's still, it's still hard to consider, and that's probably the best deal the Red Sox would get. Yeah. Like, in terms of being fair for both sides. This this package is ridiculous. I'm sorry, but if you think that any chance at all... And part of me thinks, okay, maybe that was just them starting conversations, but if that's starting conversations... <laughs> you're probably not going to get anywhere. <laughs> you're probably going to get hung up on and said, screw you. Go home, you 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 suck. In an article I read was they was talking about it was just detailing who they wanted, and they were like, and then when you get to the other pitcher part, they probably didn't even get to the other pitcher part because they probably said screw off before they even got to that pitcher. <laughs> yeah. Oh, who like, I think, pitcher? I think, uh, okay, bye. <laughs> I think Johnny Pesky is even laughing at his grave at this deal. Like oh that is re- so bad. He he's laughing. It's wow. I can't even. They, what a joke for them to even it, it's think that. Huge joke. Wow. Huge joke. Again, we don't want to talk about this too long, but I had to bring it up because it, it's just so bad that it has to be talked about. If they actually thought that we'd go for that, then they got serious issues. <laughs> yeah, that's, well, that's why they're the Marlins, and they just don't win. Um, Which is why Fernandez fact, probably doesn't want to even be there because they're such a joke. And the fact that Don Mattingly took that job. Oof. That's right. I, well, he was I saw a quote from Fernandez, too. It wasn't even a quote. It said that he had no comment on his future with the Marlins, so he probably didn't want to be there. I, why would in you? In the first place, yeah. Why would you? Right. Man. He seems like a guy that wants to win, and he's not going to do it there. No. That is for sure. Uh, one other guy, Jess, who hasn't been picked up yet, and who wasn't, wasn't traded for and now hasn't been picked up because he was released, is Erodis Chapman. Um, the trade originally was he was going to the Dodgers. That was like a thing. That, that was a pretty much final. And then we found out about domestic abuse issues with him. And that trade obviously got nixed. And then the Reds went further and released him. So now, Aronis Chapman is a free agent. You don't have to give up anything for him. He's got to sign the guy. And no one wants him. <laughs> and no one wants him. No one wants him. Now, oh, now I don't know what the deal is going to be. Did the league say they're not going to suspend him at all? I haven't seen anything either way on that. Um, so, we don't, so I think that's a, kind of a risk for a lot of teams. Dude, I'd take a fly on him. Like, your bullpen's already so good. Yeah, no need. You don't want a head, you don't I, want a head case like that. I mean, he's so good, but I just, I just yeah, don't think anyone's going to... He is really good, but it's, it moves someone's desperate, which we certainly aren't at this point. But, yeah. like, 
what he like shot a gun, like pinned his girlfriend to the wall, and like choked. Like, it's like a, it's like a, it's yeah. almost like a Greg Hardy type it, situation. It seemed pretty similar to that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for all you Red Sox fans who wanted Chapman over Kimbrel, um, <laughs> you're probably happy you got Craig Kimbrel now. I think we picked the right option on that one. <laughs> I still think Craig Kimbrel's better. Uh. I still think he's better. Um, Chapman's kind of wild sometimes, and he's also yeah. Kim- Kimbrel's very consistent. Hasn't Chapman got injured a couple of times too? I think so. Yeah. But how can you not get injured when you're throwing 103 miles per hour? That's that's. I'd be injured the second I threw one ball. So your arm would just fall off. Right. Just break out of its socket. I threw 103. And now I have no arm. Oh, uh, now <laughs> I threw that once, and now my arm is not no longer attached to my body. I won't be throwing 103 anymore. <laughs> um, yeah, not worth it. Nas- Nationals were interested. I saw. Um, would the Dodgers consider it? Would the Dodgers consider now they don't have to trade anybody? Would they consider bringing them in? Maybe, maybe. But I don't I think doubt so, it. they would. They would have followed through with the trade if they didn't care. Right. Obviously, they cared uh, to, enough to, to say, like, oh, we're going to get you. Oh, this came up? Oh, hey, forget no. it. <laughs> Never mind. Um, so probably not going to go there. Um, Nationals have Papelbon. So I don't know. I I, yeah, Mike, I don't know where he's going to go. Is, yeah, Mike Rizzo said no way. To, he's the G, GM of the Nationals. He said not interested anymore. So Maybe he goes to Arizona. <laughs> Arizona, um, where everyone goes today. Right? <laughs> Like, do you, Jess, do you do you think he ends up on a team by spring training with all this happening? I don't think so. You don't think so? That's bold. I'm just cut that I don't, Yeah, I bold. think teams are wary about that stuff. Like you said, possible suspensions. Clearly, probably not a good clubhouse guy if he's doing this kind of stuff. I just don't – I don't think anyone's going to want to take a risk on it. Could be wrong. Does, but, does the league – is the league's – the league has a decent policy for this stuff, right? MLB. Yeah. Like, they're not the NFL. Like, they have a – I don't know. I don't know exactly what it is. They have some policy, but, yeah. But it's actually like a good policy. It's not like the NFL. We're gonna, oh, we didn't see it. Oh, that? You mean that tape? Oh, yeah, we did see that one. Sorry. Okay, now we'll oh. suspend him. All right. Now we'll suspend him. Oh, I know what tape you were talking about. Sorry. I thought you meant the one of him and his wife walking and holding hands down the street. Not the one of him beating him and shoving him into an elevator. No, not that one. No, not that one. Oh, man. Stupid NFL. Yeah, we all watch. Hey, yep. I think I do. So do you think he's, he's going to be on the team? I do. I think some teams are going to fly on him. I really do. Um, I think the thing is, I think the league is going to hand down a suspension or something sooner rather than later. So I think teams, I think it'll happen late. I think it might even happen during spring training. But I think some team will go, okay, you know what? It's worth the risk. If this guy, we'll talk to him, we'll bring him in, we'll see what he's got. Obviously, he's still good, and we'll see what the suspension's going to be and then deal with it then. I, I think some team will put a flyer on him and see what's going on. That's possible. Yeah. We'll see. He's at that point where he's so good that someone will be desperate enough to want him. Like, look at Adrian Peterson. I hate to go back to the NFL, but there's so many of these cases in the NFL that it's kind of a good example. Um, he was so good that people put that aside and said, oh, well, you're still good, and he's having a great That's year. Good again, so, right? yeah. yeah, and no one's talking about it because he's running the crap out of the ball, and he is a great fantasy asset again. So, like, to me, it's just I think it's in that kind of situation where he comes back, he's still good. Some team will fly on him, and people will forget about it. Yeah, I mean he's 27 years old, so he's he's right in the prime. But we'll see. I mean, this domestic violence stuff is not taken lightly, and you know it's obviously it ran the Dodgers away, it ran the Nationals away, so teams are already being scared away. So I don't, you know, it's I don't know. It's a big toss up. We'll see. Just be happy you got Craig Kimbrell. Yes. That's all I gotta say. Thank you. Very happy you got Craig Kimball. Um, other big news around the league, Jason Hayward, who we all um, – I, I mean, I was pretty intrigued about him coming here. 
there were talks about him coming here. And then obviously later in the times, Tulsa to winter meetings, that didn't happen. That wasn't going to happen. Um, Cardinals and Cubs are the two top suitors. Obviously, he played for the Cardinals last year. Um, ended up signing with the Cubbies for eight years and $184 million, so he's not going anywhere. <laughs> um, he has two opouts after the third and fourth year. Um, and it did look like he took less money. I think the Cardinals was a bigger offer, Jess. I don't know what the Cardinals offer was to you. Off the top of your head. Over $200 million. Yeah, that's, I knew it was higher. Yeah. Um, so clearly he wanted to go to the Cubs. I think they sold him on what they were doing. And he obviously got he obviously got beat by them last year, so we saw at first hand what they had. And at this point, Lackey had already signed, so they knew he knew they were got better and got another starting pitcher. And he wants to win. I think he sees the Cubs doing that. So good for him. Uh, I would have loved to see him here. I really would have. But that contract insane. That's a lot of money. I mean, obviously, I guess the Cubs think he's worth it, and obviously the Cardinals even more so because they gave him more money. But yeah, the Cubs have had a great off season and seem to be really pushing hard to break that streak. So I guess they they sold him. They said. Why don't you come here? And he said, sure, that sounds good. You're giving me $23 million a year, a couple opt-outs. I mean, okay, even better. <laughs> like, sure, we'll, we'll do that. So, yeah, I would have liked to have him here, too. That would have been pretty sweet. But didn't look like it was going to happen. So off to the Cubs he goes. If he's playing pretty well, I wouldn't be surprised if he opts out one of those two years. Mm-hmm. Just because what a chance to get more money. I don't know how you can get more money than that. As who you want, considering the type of player he is. You probably get him. This is probably the best he's played, and probably the best he will play. Right. So I highly doubt he'll probably just ride this contract out. But I also wouldn't be shocked if he plays well, second or third year this deal. I wouldn't be shocked. But I, I'd be shocked if he doesn't just ride this contract out, just because I think this is probably the most he's worth. I guess it'll probably depend on how the Cubs are doing too. I mean, if they're really good, he might just be like, "All right, I'm just gonna stay here because this is awesome." But if they like, but every every everything points to that though, right? They're 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 putting a team together well. I saw an article the other day that was headlines: Theo's putting together a monster in Chicago. He is. Yeah, he is. And he and he's doing what we all knew he could do because he did it here. Um, I wouldn't be sh- I, my, the Cubs are my pick to win the World Series next year. Just saying. Um, they're going to be a pick to win the World Series every year. They're in the league <laughs> from here I, on out. I just want them to win. I mean, I could pick the Red Sox. They have a good. They have a good team now too. Um, Red Sox. I would Cubs love to see the Red Sox Cubs World Series. <laughs> oh. Oh, we would just crush oh. them if we beat them again. If we beat them and to win again, and then at that point, I would be so torn because my Red Sox need to win another World Series, but I need the Chicago Cubs record to be over. Like they uh, need to stop losing. You can't can't root for the Cubs against the Sox. Yeah, no, no I way. Know. It'd be fun to get their streak going because of us. That'd be so. Especially because especially because you know Lackey will be there, Lester will be there, oh, Theo runs that team. Like it's literally Red Sox South, Red Sox Northwest versus Red Sox, and it's just like. But you wouldn't have to feel bad for Lackey and Lester because they already won with us. Because <laughs> they won here. And you'd be like, see, Lester, you should have played for us. See, Theo, screw it, sucks to you. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, and it'd be funny, too, because it most likely would be David Price who shuts him down and wins in the big game. That would be the case. That'd be even funnier. Um, think about, like, if if that did happen and we did win, like, we had our streak, they had their streak, and then theirs is over 20 years longer, and that would be our fourth World Series since since, since our streak, uh, and then they're still on their streak. Oh, that'd be brutal for them. I'd love it. It'd be awful. It'd be terrible. But awesome for and us. It, it, it sucks, because any other situation, you're rooting for the Cubbies. Sure. Just because of the story, and as a baseball fan, that you love, I love what they're doing there. They're winning with youth, they're winning with good pitching, and that's what that's what the good recipe for success is. But if, you, if your Red Sox are in the World Series, then how can you root against your Red Sox nope. when you want... We're title town that we expect World Series championship. But that would be crazy though. Four 
four titles in in uh, twelve years. Four in twelve years, and the last time it was two in three years. This time it would be two in three years as well if they won this year. Two and four. Two and four. Oh yeah, it'd 14, be two and four. 15, Yeah, thirteen and sixteen. Yeah. Yeah, so that'd be two, two, two times with two out of four. Yeah. Because oh four, oh five, oh six, oh seven. Yeah, that was two out of four. This would be two out of four. It's not get ahead of so ourselves, it, but that'd be awesome. <laughs> that, but no, but see, I think you do have a reason to get ahead. You can get ahead of yourself because I expect this team to be in the playoffs. And the way they were playing last year, if the if the bats continue to do that, I wouldn't want to play them in the playoffs. Right. And these signings are, like I've been reading, yeah, these these the signings we made this time with Price and Kimbrell and stuff. Those are more those are more like sure deals than. Hanley and Pablo, like these are the, these are better deals, more more secure. Like you know they're going to be good. You know what you're getting. You're filling your needs, and it's, you're not getting head cases. Both those guys are good locker room guys. Right, and the offense is already Kim, good. So. Kimball's a great teammate too. Yeah, and look, I think Pablo Sandoval is going to be fine. I really do. I think he's going to be fine. Hanley Ramirez is the problem. You signed him for no reason at all. Thank you. thanks a lot, Ben Chang. Appreciate it. Um, now you have to deal with that. Yeah, I'm definitely most, be- I'm definitely most interested in seeing how uh, Sandoval and Porcello do. No question. If they can both yeah, be good I, or what they're supposed to be, whew, I could be some good. Well, stuff. Porcello, look what Porcello was doing last year once Dombrowski got here. I know. Granted, he was fully healthy according to them because he wasn't healthy for a little while. Um, yeah, I've got hope for him. I do too. I think we knew what he is in Detroit, and now that his old boss is here, I think he's going to do even better. I'm not. I wouldn't be surprised if he's a solid two or three guy, depending on where they put him in the rotation. Having um, season under his belt here, you know, a new place. Yeah, it can't be easy going to a new place, especially a place like here, because we know it's difficult. So now that he has a year done, Dombrowski here, he's more settled in. I think he'll be better. Do you think on the rotation, real quick? Do you think Clay Buckholz is your number two next year? Just because of seniority, or do you think Porcello gets that number two spot? Probably Buckles, just considering that he did well when he was healthy last year. He's been here for you know nine or ten years. Porcello is still pretty new. I think they'll, I think they'll slot Clay in too, just just because of all that. I hope. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised um, if anybody. I'd rather have Eduardo Rodriguez be your two starter, but that's not going to happen. Um, to have him as your probably... four is pretty sweet, <laughs> or even five. Uh, I say he could be five, depending on what they do. Because Kelly might be uh, four. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't honestly even be surprised if you had Erod is three and Porcello is four. That's possible. Eventually, Erod down the so road. Well, yeah, yeah, he's got to stop tipping his stupid pitches. Yeah, yeah, I could see that too. So you have a lot of options, and having David Price makes all those options better because you don't have either way. You don't have Clay Buckle says your quote unquote ace. Right, and you're not relying on him as heavily. Yeah, you're not giving him the ball game one of a series. You're not giving him the ball in September needing to make the playoffs. You're giving it to David Price. Right. And that's a lot better of a situation. And it's good because when Buckholz is good, Buckholz is good. So if you can still have yeah. him and be good, but not have to rely on him, and if he gets hurt, it's not the end of the world, that's pretty much best-case scenario all the way around for him. And the nice thing is now with these bullpen acquisitions, you don't need we don't need starters to get to the seventh inning like we did last year because our bullpen was so bad. Yeah, only fifth or sixth. You, you need them to get – most of these guys will get to the fifth or sixth anyway, which is what the, most of them were doing last year. Yeah. And that's all you need to get them to because Carson's there, Tozawa's there. And you know Carson can pitch a couple innings. Tozawa can pitch a couple innings. So yeah. you don't have to pitch them all every night. You have a lot of flexibility in that bullpen now. And also with the um, with that deal and having Elias down, down there as well. If a starter ooh, doesn't go long into the game. You, you can use him. You can eat up three or four innings too. Him and Steven Wright will be in the bullpen. Yeah. So like – 
you have a lot of options now where the, the, the mediocrity of the starting rotation isn't a big deal because you have actually have a bullpen that will support him. Right. And then when you have Porcello go seven like he did towards the end of last year, when you have Joe Kelly make a good start, you're right, then you're, you're right, like six, seven, eight innings numerous times. Yeah, so then you you know that makes it even stronger because then one night you can put Carson Smith in the eighth if you have to and don't use Koji for a night. And you have and you have these guys who can lock down innings. You know Kimbrell can pitch two innings. You know he can. He can get a six out save. Right. And it's all doesn't have to keep, he won't have to pitch, pitch as much and get worn out. Thank God, because he if he need if he didn't get shut down last year, he probably wouldn't have lasted the whole year anyway. Right. But if he's not pitching so, as much, he could be really effective. Yeah. So. So then you're gonna have you'll have Kimbrell rested because he won't pitch. I mean he'll pitch as much as possible. He's pretty he's pretty durable. Um, Carson Smith is durable. For the most part, and he's solid. He doesn't pitch every night. Tazawa and Koji, obviously, you're two question marks with age and health, and those guys don't have to pitch as much anymore, right? Because now you have guys behind them who can support the starting rotation if that happens. Yeah, I mean, and the fact that that uh, Tazawa, Smith, and Kimbrel are all in their twenties is pretty awesome too. Yeah, yeah, twenty six. Kimbrel's twenty seven. Tazawa's twenty nine. That's awesome <laughs> to have all those yeah, guys be t- young. And we know Tazawa is solid. It's just a matter of he can't. He just needs to get some rest. Yeah, we just don't need to pitch like, like eighty-five games a year. <laughs> if he's not overworked, he's good. We've seen it. He can dominate in this league. Oh yeah. So it's not like it's a dud pitching in your sixth inning. Now it's really good if he if he gets rest, which he should now. Yeah. This is shaping up to be really solid. Yeah, I'm like already talking about it. it makes me want spring training. <laughs> this reminded me of last December so much. <laughs> we were no, like, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. But see. You bring that up, and a lot of people probably will, Jess, as the new year turns and we get closer. Because spring training is like two months away, right. which, is, which is awesome. But a lot of people last year looked at that and went, oh, Hanley and Pablo. Yeah, that was it. But the difference is, like you said, Jess, that you know what you're getting in these two guys. David Price is proving himself, and he's a good locker room guy. Kimbrell is an all-star closer and is a good locker room guy. Pablo and Hanley were questionable decisions from the start. Right, and they were both hitters, too. Now we got a starter, we got a relievers, our our offense is good. Like every everything yeah. is better now than last year. They did. Sherrington didn't fill their needs last year. Right. I would have rather them keep. Will, I would have literally rather them keep Will Middlebrooks at their base and get starting pitching and bullpen help than get Pablo Sandoval and not do anything else. Yeah. At this, at this point, looking back, it would have been a lot more beneficial for the team. Like seriously, I would have. De- Will Middlebrooks and Pablo Sandoval's stats are pretty much the same. And Will Middlebrooks isn't a terrible defender at all. He just can't hit the crap out of the ball like he did his rookie year. Right. I would have rather have him at third base still keep Jenny Dell in town, and then have I'd rather and then not have you wouldn't have signed Hanley and you would have brought in a big game pitcher which were out there and some bullpen help and that would have been better and you probably would have made the playoffs if you did that. Yeah, that probably would have been a better deal. And I mean, Middlebrook did crappy again last year in 83 games, but he hit nine home runs and 29 RBI. I mean, Sandoval hit 10 home runs. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, but Sandoval's never been a power hitter though. No, he I know. never has. So, but I'll give him that. He only though. he only had forty seven RBI. Middlebrook said twenty nine. It's like obviously Sandoval was slightly better, but really, I mean, not that much better. No. Not enough for how much they paid him and how much they were relying on him to be like this huge difference maker, which obviously he wasn't. <laughs> yeah, they traded for the wrong thing last year. They they picked up the wrong pieces, but that's on Ben Jarrington. and obviously Dave Dombrowski having a better off season so far. And last thing we want to talk about because this kind of relates to the Red Sox. The Orioles uh, had an offer on the table for their free agent, Chris Davis, for over $150 million. Um, he didn't take it, and then Baltimore has pulled off their, their new offer, and Davis now wants around eight years and $180 million. Does he, first of all, Jess, does he get that from anyone? I think someone will give it to him. I mean, between how many home runs he's hit the last couple of years, 
I think I think somebody would do that. Obviously not the Orioles, but and let's 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 tie it to here now. If Dombrowski works his magical fingers and does some damage and gets rid of Hanley Ramirez, would you want him here? I take him over here. Would you pay, would you pay, <laughs> would you pay him would you pay him that? That's more money than a lot of your pitching is getting. That like that is a good amount of money for a guy who strikes out strike out strikes out a lot. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I know I talked about how guys who strike out constantly drive me crazy. Obviously, he hit 47 home runs and had 117 RBI last year. 2013, he had 53 home runs and 138 RBI. So the guy's solid. I mean, really good numbers. Who knows if he'd be able to keep that up? I mean, he's, how old is he? He's 29. Okay, so could be right in the prime of his career. So it'd be a great deal. I don't know if it's worth that money, and the strikeouts might be maddening. You might be able to get by with the Hanley and Travis Shaw. I don't know. I would consider it, but obviously he wants a ton of money, and I don't know if they're going to be willing to do that. I I haven't watched him too much on a consistent basis. Obviously, you watch him when they play the Red Sox, but how how do you think his defense is? Obviously, it's better than Hanley's. No question about that. We know that. Yeah. That's not a good answer. But, like, is it good enough that you can deal with the strikeouts and that kind of yeah, stuff? Yeah, he gets the job done. I don't. I don't think there's any problem with that. Who would you rather, Chris Davis or Travis Shaw? Say Hanley's gone. Say they trade Hanley and bring something back. Would you rather them just give the job to Travis Shaw, or would you rather them bring in Chris Davis? Because that would be your likely scenario if Hanley was to be traded. Yeah, I'd take Davis. More proven, the fact that he's hit over 50 and almost 50 home runs twice. If you, I mean, obviously Shaw hit 12 or 13 home runs last year in a couple months, which is pretty awesome too. But at this point, knowing what they've done and, and how proven they are, I'd definitely take Davis. Yeah, I think I would too in that situation. But you obviously Travis Shaw is going to be on this roster. I think he earned the right to be on this roster. And obviously, like we said, we've talked about this before, he can play with their base. Right. So down the line, if Hanley, if they, you need the off, you can play Travis Shaw there. You can play him at first. He's a good utility guy to have. I would definitely keep him on the roster. Um, I just There's something about Chris Davis that attracts me. Even though I, I keep telling people I don't know if I really want him here, Part of me thinks, well, he'd probably do well here. He's Short really ballpark. good. Yeah. Yeah. Is he? But see, the thing is, though, I sit here and go, is he worth the money? Is he worth 180 million dollars over eight years? Which, when you think about it, and the money we're talking about, I can't use the argument really because I'm saying David Price money's worth it. So, right. really, and Chris Davis probably is worth that money in today's baseball. And world. if you look at it, eight years, 180 million, exactly what Jason Hayward just got. Davis is better than Hayward. No question about that. Yes. Yeah. So in terms of that, yeah, he's worth it. If, if if Hayward's worth that, then Davis is worth it. I don't think Hayward's worth that either. And I don't know if Davis is worth this, but if you look at it in terms of that, then yeah, he is. He's obviously a better player than that. He, yeah. I just looked up his stats. He had three errors last year. So yeah, no problem at first base there. Good. Not like okay he had like 15 errors. <laughs> yeah. Which is- look, I think for, for me, I've been back and forth on this topic. Obviously, the name's been floating out there for the entire offseason. If you have Hanley, it doesn't make sense. If you're going to keep Hanley and you have him play first base, it doesn't make sense to bring Chris Davis in here. It doesn't. But if you can get Hanley off the books, for the most part, and have that spot open up, I'd do it. I think I would. I think I'm sold on it, if that was to, if that was to be an option. This would be an extremely excellent and successful offseason if we could get rid of Hanley and get Davis. That would just totally make it. That put an icing on the cake oh, with yeah. what he did with the pitching. It's already fantastic, and it's already already about as good as they could get. If they did that, that would just make it even better. And I've seen a bunch of places do, like, who has had the best offseason so far, and everyone has said the Red Sox. 
I don't see how they, I don't see how they couldn't. <laughs> if, I mean, hey, they filled all their needs. We got the best starter. We got the best closer. <laughs> yep. And they got some more bullpen help. They assured their weakest parts from last year. They filled that up. We all knew their offense wasn't terrible last year. They had a good lineup. Oh, that's why most of it hasn't most of it hasn't changed. But the pitching in the bullpen was the issue, and you, you signed the best, like you said, the best starter on the on the block, and you signed the best closer out there. Or you traded for the best closer in the league, I, in my opinion, he really is. And then you get another so, guy who was a closer to pitch your seventh inning. Yeah, <laughs> and, you, and you get a guy, yeah, for your seventh inning, and you have a guy who was a stud in the playoffs for you in 2013 and all year in Koji pitching in the inning. And then another guy so, who was one of the best middle late, middle late relievers in the setup league. Guys. <laughs> yeah, he was the best setup guy in 2013, and now he's your sixth <laughs> inning. That's so incredible. I, I think... I think your job's done there. Yeah. Um, and you have a guy, Elias guy who can be your long reliever, lefty, who can start swat start. That's all you really ask for in that situation. Yeah. Everything's lined up to be really nice here. Yeah. So, obviously, we don't want to get our hopes up. It's not even, I mean, Christmas is next week. So, like, we don't really want to get our hopes up yet. But everything we've seen so far, Dombrowski's not messing around. Dombrowski wants to get this done, and he wants to win as soon as possible. He didn't get to win in Detroit. And he sees what he has here, and he sees he has the pieces. And I think Dobrowski, real quick, is learning from his mistakes in Detroit. In Detroit, he was so gung-ho in just being veterans and trading his prospects. He didn't do that here. He did this the right way. He traded prospects for Kimberl that he didn't need because of Mookie Betts and Sander Bogart. Yep. He, he didn't get rid of Mankata. He didn't get rid of Erod. He didn't get rid of these guys who are supposed to be good guys. He didn't get rid of Henry Owens or Brian Johnson. He kept guys that we all wanted him to keep. Or Anderson Espinosa. Yeah, we all thought he was coming in here and going to just tear apart this farm system. Something's changed in him. I think he realized what he did in Detroit and realized he was so close but not close enough because he didn't have the young guys to replenish himself, and that's why they got bad so fast. And he, I really believe and he didn't that. have the bullpen to pitch well in the playoffs, and now he went out and got two fantastic bullpen pieces. Yeah. He brought his guy back and David Price, who clearly they obviously had a relationship from Detroit, and he made and he didn't make the mistake of not leaving a good bullpen out there to back up his starting rotation. He didn't go out there and bolster his rotation. In Detroit, he had three all-stars in his rotation. Now, he only ha- he has one, but with serviceable pitchers and a dominant, which looks to be a dominant bullpen, I think Dombrowski learned from his lesson. I think he learned from his mistakes. Sure seems like it. And Rizzi came in here. He said he's going to change it. He's going to fix things. He sees a lot of good pieces in the team. He sees what he can do. And boy, has he done it, man. Yeah. He really has done it. So it, it's going to be exciting. Obviously, he's not done yet. Maybe not done yet. It, it looks like he should be done. I don't see anything else we really need to fix unless it's like little tidy things. Again, only thing left, Hanley Ramirez. That's it. It's the only thing I want, want left on. Right. If he can possibly swing it. Right. Somehow. It might not be possible. So. <laughs> So he can angry that, that, if he doesn't do it, but yeah, that's in the unrealistic check section. And if he can possibly possibly do it, then I bow to him at that point because yeah. he pulled off the un, uh, impossible. So, uh, like every other week, this week's show, of course, was again was brought to you by Casper, an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the price because everyone deserves a great night's sleep. Get fifty dollars off any mattress purchased by visiting Casper.com/backslash/Celtics. Enter that promo code Celtics. I have one. Jess has one. Lauren has one. She's asleep on it right now. I'm sure that's why she's not here. Um, com- they're comfy. They're they're like a cloud. They have the fur mattresses too. So if you have a bad back, don't be afraid to sleep on the mattress. Don't get stuck on the floor. Go out and get yourself a nice Casper mattress and fix that back of yours. Um, we had a lot to talk about today. We got through it. Like we said, only thing left for Dombrowski to do in my mind is trade Hanley Ramirez, if at all possible. Um, other than that. Just this team is looking good in winter meetings just happened. Like, you know what I mean? Like, usually it doesn't happen till winter meetings. He was pretty much done through winter meetings, up until winter meetings. Yeah, great stuff. He really, really did the job well, giving us a lot of great stuff to talk about and a lot of really good deals. And, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm definitely excited. This is 
This is what you want. You want a winning team, and boy, I hope, mm-hmm. boy, I hope they can be one this year. <laughs> Baseball's churning. Don't de- definitely churning. A lot of signings, a lot of things happening. Uh, don't forget, you can find us, and we'll keep you updated on Twitter at Red Sox underscore Beat on Facebook. Just search Red Sox Beat Podcast, and we'll pop right up. Uh, we're on Tumblr. We're on Google Plus. Uh, we obviously give the great written coverage when stuff happens. We'll have you covered, led by our great Jess Thomas. Oh, thanks. Yeah, you know, you do a good job. I just thought I'd give you credit for it. Um, we're looking forward to get back and covering the team once spring training hits, but obviously we'll cover you up all the news. Uh, baseball swirling. Hopefully by next week we're on. Cueto's signed somewhere. Um, probably not, though, the way this trend's going. But there should be something to talk about next week because baseball's been going a mile a minute for the last couple weeks here, Jess. So uh, it hasn't been really hard to find topics to talk about this offseason so far, so we'll hope it continues. Um, we appreciate you guys for joining us again like you do every other week. So until next week, um, enjoy everything you do during the week. Don't get too tired at work, and look forward to seeing you next week. All right.